Welcome to LOA Today. Walt Thiessen and Life Coach Tom Wells here. Today is Friday, April the 6th, 2018, 8 a.m. Eastern Time, your first daily dose of happy for the day. And it's been a good week. I've had a good week, I know, because I'm making a lot of progress with the book, Tom. I'm up to the point now where yesterday I started actually piecing all of the stories together because they're all They've all been through at least one round of editing, and there'll be more after I put the thing into one great big hole. But uh, starting to piece it together felt good, and I got a quarter of it put together in one day. So good progress going on there. That is amazing. Earlier, you were telling me before the podcast that you started to stitch it all together, and I pictured you with a needle and a thread. <laughs> you know, like, and it, literally, they used to do that. That's right? they, yeah, the- that's how hardcovers were, were put together. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, and it's, so imagine how long this would be taking you back in the day. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's where I got the uh, metaphor from, I guess, the adjective stitching. But uh, ah, yeah, you're yeah, right. Yeah. That's exactly what they used to do. In fact, uh, the, the other thing that's really interesting is that with the hardcover books, they were stitching together a paper version of cloth because that's what the old pages were. They were, they were, oh, sort, right? they, they were sort of a variation on cloth. I mean, they were paper, but they had cloth-like properties to it. So you're stitching cloth. <laughs> Imagine how much human beings have changed from the days before the written word, and mm. you know this that, and how long it took to go from writing on papyrus or you know on clay tablets and things to now. It's like we really have upped our involvement with our mental processes of words. Oh yeah. And you were talking a little bit before the show how you've increased your ability to do segment intending, mm-hmm. which, you know, for listeners means that's when you're you're going into any segment of your day and you decide to to prepave, to to set up before you those say you're going into a meeting and before the meeting begins, you you say what you would like to experience during that meeting in terms of the positive qualities and aspects of yourself and of of the meeting that you want to enhance you start thinking about those before the meeting like i'd like to feel you know more joy i'd like to feel more you know really good communication i'd like to feel appreciation for the others in the meeting right yep and um and the point i was making <laughs> <laughs> well there's a point to this <laughs> yeah I, no um the point i was making is that that when we put things into words, it's interesting how, how, you know, they have each word has a concept associated with it. And I imagine a lot of words, of course, have a feeling associated with them. And that's what they are trying to describe through the word. True. But in a lot of ways, what we're talking about is simply a feeling state that, that back in the day, thousands and thousands of years ago, it, well, it, may, it had a word to describe it, I guess, as long as we had words, yeah. But it, but it wasn't so, I guess, defined. You know, with the, maybe you know the way we define everything these days is so intricate. You know, each word has got all these definitions to it, but it's really somewhat often about a feeling. That's very true. Yeah. In fact, uh, you mentioned what a, what kind of transition there's been between you know practically prehistoric days where there was almost no writing at all to today. I mean, I look at what's happened just in my lifetime, how the ability to write and record things has changed so drastically. 
because when I was born, it was all still paper and pencil. And if you were wealthy, a typewriter. And by the mm -hmm. time I got to college, yeah, everybody had a typewriter. No one had a computer. Computers hadn't even been invented yet in terms of personal computers. Um, you could, if, if there was really nobody who had figured out a way to drag a mainframe around to their college classes, so that wasn't really an option. Um, but today, I mean, you, not only are people using computers in school, but they're using them handheld <laughs> for the large, yeah. for the most part, they're handheld devices. They're, oh yeah, I'm just working on my tablet here. I, like, I mean, that's a mind blowing shift in the way that we have, in the ways that we have learned to record our written and spoken word. And it's cool. And, and it's only accelerating. I mean, people get afraid by you know what's happening with the acceleration in technology. I embrace it. I think I, I think this is exciting to be a part of it and to watch it. And mm -hmm. I, I don't really understand that other mindset. I mean, I do. I know where it comes from. But I don't understand it in the sense that I don't want to be afraid like that. I'd rather embrace it because it's so much more fun to embrace it. Yeah, Abraham, the, listening to Abraham has changed my mind entirely about what's going on in the world <laughs> because <laughs> I used to expect that, you know, so many of the things that were happening were a tragedy that had befallen human beings by our disconnection from nature and that we had gotten so far away from our connection to the earth that we were now, you know, on this trajectory of uh, living in this artificial reality that was so technologically based that we didn't have a prayer to ever get back in touch with our hearts and our bodies and each other and that and the earth and we would surely you know like continue to destroy the earth well abraham turned my head around entirely where because their their perspective is everything that's happening is the leading edge of the expansion of the universe <laughs> mm -hmm. and therefore whatever it is and, and especially when they said human beings are more closely associated with associated with electricity and electronics than anything else it made me realize that you know as infinite beings you know, here in these human body suits that we wear on this planet that is <laughs> designed for body suits, we have no idea what's really going on in terms of what we are as energy, you know, what we are as, as, as some sort of consciousness that's looking out through these eyes. So, you know, in a way, it, yes, it's important that we understand this planet and that we're in harmony with it. I think that's really important. But instead of being creating a tragic, view of it how about creating a possibility view of it yes that it's everything is about the possibility of expansion and beauty it there how there doesn't have to be anything that's about destruction and devastation that's why we have things that seem like destruction and devastation because people think that's what's happening exactly you know? right it's exactly right in fact you mentioned the fact that i have been working on segment intending and particularly the last couple of days, I actually made a com uh, commitment on the air that uh, I was going to do it more and more frequently. And I have been. Um, I'm not doing it as often as I want. I want to be able to do it every time I'm ready to, ready to do a new task or engage in a new activity. But I would say I'm doing it at least 50% of the time, which is about 100% uh, improvement, maybe a 200% improvement over where I was before. <laughs> you know, So this is a good thing. This is progress. And yeah. what I particularly like is that this morning, I, I've been doing my mirror work. I still do my mirror work like I've been doing mm -hmm. all along. Today, let's see, where are we? Today was uh, day 47, I believe, wow. or 48. I can't remember which. Maybe mm -hmm. 48. Yeah, I think it's 48. Um, no, no, I'm, now I'm doubting myself. Well, whatever it was. It was 47 or 48. <laughs> oh, and, <well. laughs> and the point is, when I was doing it, 
I mean, most of the time when I do mirror work, I'm doing it for like 30 seconds. No, that's my typical. That's average. Sometimes uh -huh. I'll go like a minute. Today, uh -huh. I was going on and on. I didn't time it, but I'm going to guess I was in front of that mirror for five minutes. Wow. Good. And, and you were I, doing segment intending? I was saying to myself, I want to make sure I do the segment intending. I, I kept finding different ways to say to myself, you know, we're on this really exciting trip. Let's make it even more exciting. Let's make it even more mm -hmm. fun. Let's get mm -hmm. more joyous about it. Let's get more excited about what's going on. Because yeah. that's what we're here for. And I mean, I just yeah. kept going on and on and on. And I'm looking at myself as I'm doing this. I'm kind of smiling like, this is really, really wild. I haven't done this before. <laughs> oh, that sounds awesome. Yeah. So, I mean. No, I'm inspired to do <laughs> Well, good. Yeah. Feel free to do it. It, it I mean, Cindy has already uh, taken it on. She decided a couple days ago she was going to start doing it. And I think this is her fourth day. Yeah. Um, Because, I mean, I, am, I already know that it, it did a tremendous amount in terms of eliminating that negative self-talk voice in the back of the head that's gone mm -hmm. silent i still have a tendency sometimes to go out of my way consciously for the negative stuff and i'm still trying to train myself away from that but the unconscious stuff that just popped up that stuff's gone which is good but i'm thinking if i keep this going what else can i break through on i think i'm already starting to see what maybe the next what else is because of how much time i found myself spending quite unintentionally on this segment intending thing I'm talking in the mirror, and all of a sudden, segment intention becomes you know, a topic I want to talk about, and I just go on and on about it. I'm thinking, whoa. I mean, I don't know what this is going to manifest as, but this is going to manifest as something. I know that for sure. Well, it's nice when it comes as an impulse like that, because yeah. then you, you get the sense that it's, or maybe you know directly, it's coming from your inner being, and that it's uh, it's what you particularly need at this moment, you know, and therefore you're you're letting it come through. Oh, absolutely. In fact, I, my inner being, I, I was consciously recognizing that when you're doing mirror work, you're actually talking to your inner being. And as yeah. I consciously recognized that, I said, okay, inner being, this is you and me now. We're the same person, you know, but, but I know I'm also talking with you. This is our adventure together. And I started being like the cheerleader to the inner being, which is kind of mm -hmm. funny because my inner being according to what Abraham tells us, has been my cheerleader all along. So I'm reversing the process in a bit, which is kind of kind of wild, really. But I was I, I literally my message was I want to feel the energy. I want to feel it flowing up through me from from you inner being. I want I want to feel the energy from you. Let's let's open up this channel. Let's make it really, really big. Let's make it so that I can just feel it and feel it and feel it and it gets so powerful and so exciting. I mean, you can hear it right now. This is this is what I was saying in the mirror. This kind of thing, you know. And I I just got this really enthusiastic about it. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. yeah, yeah. So this day's off to awesome. a good start. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Upping the energy like that is uh, is a great thing to develop. That, yeah. that ability. I especially I when do, it's easy. That's the thing. It was so easy this morning, Tom. It was uh -huh. incredible. I most of the time, whenever I've wanted to try to up their energy, it's been work. There was no hmm. work. There was no that's, work at all. Yeah, that's I was, what I came oh, to. I was blown right. away by that. That's great. Yeah. Yeah, yeah because, you know, all this is the, the biggest, you know, um, difficulty that we create is when we think of it as difficult. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. It, when we make it hard, you know. And, uh, Which I'm and good at. <laughs> that's an old habit. Yeah, yeah, me too. You know, or otherwise think of it as a... Uh, you know, as we're not there, you know, that we're, that we're stuck somewhere in some other kind of a, a negative zone or something. And, and it's just, it's really actually never true, but we, we certainly can talk ourselves into believing in the opposite of, of our, 
uh, uplifting nature and our expansive nature and mm-hmm. our excited, you know, the excited being that's, that's within us. You know, I always picture my inner being as a little coffee bean. <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, don't, don't let me, don't let me trivial, trivialize important subject. <laughs> oh, that was funny. You just caught me just right. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily. Yeah. Well, Hopefully I didn't offend anybody. But, you know, when I'm doing transcribing sometimes on my computer and I say inner being and the, the Mac book uh, writes the word in, inner B-E-A-N. B-E-A-N, right. Pretty funny. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, that is funny, though. So how are you doing? I mean, we haven't really talked about what's going on with you. Anything new? Well, um, I'm just uh, enjoying developing a relationship that I'm in a little further and that's been really good. Oh, nice. And, um, yeah. And, uh, just getting ready to move from my facility, my Mm, (laughs) condo that I live in and all the, all the letting go of things has been so good because I just keep selling things on Craigslist and I keep, um, getting rid of more paper and more this and more that. And, I just have this excitement that I'm creating my life more and more the way that I really have wanted it for a long time, which is a whole lot less stuff in terms of material things and paperwork kind of things, books and stuff. And then a whole lot more of a feeling of expansiveness of my more playful side. You know, the the side of me that wants to just have a whole lot more time to dance and to sing and to play guitar and to go hiking and to be with friends and, you know, just to do things that are more extroverted fun. You know, you might say, you know, like if I was a kid, you know, what would a kid like to do? Would a kid like to sit inside and read all day long? Well, yeah, some, sometimes, but, but really that thing of that playfulness, you know, to get Mm -hmm. out, to get out and do things and be excited about my life. So I think moving is a good thing in that sense is that it's making me finally take the steps I've been wanting to take for quite a few years of reducing my load of clutter. And that reduces the clutter in my head. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I, and I applaud you, too, because moves can be extremely stressful. And you've turned it around. You've turned it into something satisfying and enjoyable. That's quite a feat. You know, I'm determined to do that in every area of my life because of my age. Oh, okay. <laughs> you know, it's like I look at everything like, hey, this is these are the years that I don't know, you know, how much, how longer I'll decide to stay here. Therefore, anything that I want to go for, I want to go for now. You know, I, I really don't want to put it off. And it's, I realize how many things in my life I have looked at like, you know, I have time. You know, so I don't have to figure out this right now. I don't have to make any decisions about this right now. I can keep this clutter hanging around. And if it's hard to get rid of, uh, I'll get rid of it later. And that's okay to have that attitude. But now I want to have the attitude that, you know, there's there's no later. You know, mm-hmm. this is the later. This is the later, yeah. No, I, I understand. Was out for, I was out for a walk yesterday, and I I just found myself saying to myself, this is it. This is it. This is my life. I've arrived everywhere I ever wanted to get to in my life. I'm now there. Um, and that, you know, whether that's true or not, doesn't matter. That's a decision I'm making, <laughs> mm. you know, that this is my life. This is it. This is as good as it ever gets. 
which I know it gets bet- better the next second, really. But sure. you know, I want to be I want to be fully arrived instead of always on my way somewhere. Yes, in a sense. Yes, even um, though I want to enjoy the journey, but it's like, when do you get to the place where you say to yourself, "I'm now fully enjoying everything that I ever lived for"? You know, this is the time to fully enjoy it. You know? Well, that is enjoying the journey, isn't it? Yeah. And it's enjoying the destination too, because you're deciding that the destination is right now. Yeah. No matter what you've accomplished, this is it. This is your, you're here. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. That's precisely what it is. I've actually had very much the same motivations. Uh, It's one of the main reasons I've been focusing so intently the last uh, five, six years through the podcast on learning how all the intricacies of the law of attraction work and of how deliberate creation works and of how allowing works and all that stuff. Because... I am tired of putting it off. I'm tired of waiting for something to show up. I'm waiting for tomorrow to make things better. I'm tired of that. Like, no, time to start living. And that's been more and more in my intention every single day. Like, I I don't always get there, but I'm getting there more and more often. And I know when I get there continuously, consistently, that's when I'll be really, really having the ultimate life experience that I've always wanted to have. Mm Mm-hmm. So that's when, um, you know, you, you were saying that's when you will, and I'm. And you're, I'm saying, you're suggesting to... change the wording around. I know, I get it. <laughs> well, yeah, and I've been in the place you're. I mean, I pretty much live in that place of, uh, you know, I have been living in that place of that someday or eventually I'll have more of what I think I want, and it's just. I, I don't want to really be in that place. Yeah, I mean, no, you want to be you want to be in there right now. So right now I am in that spot. Right now I am I'm this is my life. My life like and welcome to where you're it. at when you're in front of the mirror, you know. It's yeah. like Yeah. <laughs> Although even when I'm in front of the mirror I'm still talking about what I'm going to be doing later on in the day. <laughs> well, yeah. 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 But that's how it works. That's okay. That's one of the things that I also realize if there's no time that means there's really no difference between past, present and future. Uh-huh. You know, so it just depends on what I, if I'm if I'm putting off my full involvement in my happiness till I eventually have something that I want, you know, like the right relationship, the right amount of money, the right living situation, the right this, the right that, you know, I want to say that that's not later, that's now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and I agree. I, the only reason that we use past, present and future in the way that I want to use it is just as a way of distinguishing, you know, where where I am in in the journey. This is coming. This is what came before, yeah. or this is right now. Yeah. Not because I want to live in those other places other than now. Not just because I need a way to distinguish them, and that's all. Um, mm-hmm. it, it's not like I want to put any energy into. Oh, I wish that had happened in the past, or oh, I can hardly wait for the future to come. It's not that. That's not where the energy goes. That's just a way of distinguishing in my mind so that I can be, you know. Uh, in, in descriptive in, in a way that's meaningful because otherwise I'm describing everything in the present. It's kind of like describing God in terms of me. I'm like I'm I'm part of God and and God is part of me and so on and so forth. So if I carry that out to the ultimate level, then what I really should do is not refer to God at all. I should refer to me. So I talk to me about me, and then as I'm asking me about me, it, it, you know, the language just falls apart. <laughs> It just doesn't work. <laughs> you need to have the different words in order to make it clear what, what it is that you're thinking about. Uh-huh. So, so, I mean, we talk about, 
the universe without the universe within, God without God within, and all that kind of thing. And very often we talk about God as if God was outside, you know. But that's just a useful way of thinking about it. It doesn't mean God's really outside us and we're, we're like a completely separate place. It just means it's just a useful way of describing it. Now, if it, if it becomes something where I think of God as a completely separate being, then, yeah, you've taken it too far. But it's a lot easier than saying I am me and you are me and me are me. <laughs> it's just, yeah. Well, it's what crazy. I say, I say my, my infinite self, and and then I guess I call this – I guess I do somehow refer to this, that there's some other self besides the infinite self, you know, the confused self <laughs> that doesn't realize that it's the infinite self. I mean, that's no, what the I know what you're saying. I mean, there is, yeah. That's, words what, are very that, that's what the Beatles song saying, right? I am he as you are he as you are me and yeah. we are all together. Like, what? Yeah. <laughs> that well, I'm, help. I'm the walrus. <laughs> yeah. That's what the Beatles said, I'm the walrus. That's right. right. Yeah. John was the worst. But anyway, let's get on with our topic. <laughs> oh, we have a topic today. That's right. I forgot about well, that. <laughs> I was thinking that if someone is tuned into this podcast um, to, to listen to the, about this topic, um, I think they're listening, hopefully enjoying what we're talking about, regardless of whether we're right on the topic or not. But there is this, um, this thing about relationships from the book, Getting into the Vortex, um, a book from Abraham Hicks, and they they divide the book into four sections. It's it's actually a it's a book for meditation. It comes with a CD that um, I guess I guess it's still sold as a CD, but uh, probably yeah. Um, maybe they make it available as an MP3 now. But it's it's the book is divided into four sections. The first section is on general well being. And there's a meditation for that. And then there's a meditation on abundance and money. And then one on health. And then one on relationships. And when I first got this CD, this CD totally changed my life. I mean, it was back in 2013 or 2014. I started listening to it on a daily basis. I would every day spend, you know, the, the, each section is 15 minutes long. And they suggest you do one section a day. So each day I would do a different one and it would just rotate endlessly for months and months and months. Mm -hmm. And I saw changes occur in every area of my life because of listening to this meditation CD in each of these areas. And um, then the book that comes along with it goes into more depth on each of the topics. So you can read the the book and get more than you get from just listening to the words on the, on the CD. But the CD is designed with music and words that are designed to elicit the change that you want to see happen in your inside yourself. And I, but, I have to say, I, I like the the, um, the the CD version, the the recorded version, because that has been really helpful for me at times where I've had trouble sleeping at night. Okay. So what I'll do yeah. is I've I got it on my phone. So if I if I'm having trouble sleeping, I'll just you know turn in the volume really low so I'm not waking Louise up. And then I'll just play like, you know, 10 or 15 minutes of that. And either I fall asleep in the middle of it because of the soothing tones and the soothing music, <laughs> or, you know, I'll play through the whole thing and maybe I'll even go on to the next one, or maybe I'll just stop it there. It varies, you know, I do it differently every time. But inevitably, whichever way I do it, my mind is calmer. Oh. And when mm -hmm. my mind is calmer, obviously, it's easier to go to sleep. So, yeah, it's a great sleep aid. Yeah, I quit listening to it after a while, but every once in a while I'll go back to it and I find that it's always, it's always a benefit to me. I don't, 
but I, you know, anything that starts to become a routine for me, I, I don't, I don't keep doing, I usually, you know, drop off after a while and then I'll come back to it or I'll find something new because I always want something to feel interesting rather than to feel like I'm just doing it to do it or I'm doing it because I did it yesterday. So I'll do it again today. But I like, I like to do things from a creative place. Mm-hmm. So I don't, I don't use it as much as I used to, but I use other things to get myself, you know, to sort of educate and stimulate myself in the direction of my own personal unfolding. Mm-hmm. Sure. But the thing I wanted to say about this section on relationships and the one reason I picked to wanting to uh, address this is because when I used to listen to it, the one on relationships always blew my mind and it was the hardest one for me to listen to. Really? And yeah, by and by far, it was the hardest one for me to listen to. And each time it came to the one on relationships, I would kind of cringe and then I would listen to the whole thing. And then I would, and I realized it was because relationships in my life was an area that I was probably more naive about okay. <laughs> and needed, needed to learn more and needed to grow more. And, um, and the way they were addressing relationships was sort of confronting. Um, and I realized that's why I wanted to go through this chapter um, page by page uh, on the podcast because I felt there's so much here for me and hopefully for the listeners because they address relationships in life-altering ways, in my opinion. Okay. Well, let's go for it then. Okay. Well, they start out, of course, by saying, something so revolutionary that there's no subject of greater significance to you than relationships, no subject for without others, you could not be you. (laughs) That's a big one right in itself. Very true. Um, Also every person with whom you interact is a part of this is great. Every person with whom you interact is a part of the person you are becoming. Every person is a part of the person you're becoming. Not a single interaction with, with a single person is left out of the process of your becoming. Your interaction with others helps you to define your own personal preferences. And even if you're not speaking those preferences out loud, you are projecting them vibrationally, and they become the foundation of your very expansion. So that's pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, well, it makes a lot of sense because the only way to be an individual is to have other individuals. You have to have something to differentiate from. Otherwise, there's no such thing as an individual. (laughs) So it's essential, even just from that very basic abstract viewpoint, to have other people just so you can be who you are. And then, you, like you were saying there, and like Abraham was saying, when you add in the fact that every person you come into contact with has some sort of aspect of themselves that is there for you because it's, it's going to be useful for you in some way, and then you end up integrating it either consciously or subconsciously, or even just by pure vibrational intention and nothing else, when you end up integrating all of these different pieces together, that, that's how we do stuff, isn't it? That's how we attract stuff. That's how we build our dreams. That's how we learn what we're going to uh, feel good about. It's how we build our beliefs, by piecing stuff together. We, by, we piece these ideas together. We piece these images together. And you need to have other people's stuff to get some of those pieces from. So it makes total sense. Of course, we need to have everybody else. We, it's really the most important part of, of how we build who we are. Yeah. Well, you know what? I think that was this part was a little bit confronting for me at first because I have spent so much time alone in my life. Um, well, not so much time. I actually grew up in a family that had 
all kinds of people. And then I was with, <laughs> lived, lived in ashrams all over the country with all kinds of people. And then eventually got married and had three children. And so, I mean, I have been with people a huge amount of my life, but there's a part of me that has really loved it when I'm out alone camping by myself and I'm just in a tent for a week and, and I don't see another person uh, or, you know, different situations, you know, where I was on the road a lot for the job I had for 27 years and I would be by myself in a restaurant or by myself sitting by a, a stream or, you know, sitting up in the mountains somewhere because I would be out on the road and, and I wouldn't have anybody else. And um, when I, when I started to listen to this stuff from Abraham and realize that when they said that without, a, um, without others, you couldn't be you, I, I had this feeling of really, you know, because I've spent so much time alone um, that it seems like I don't need other people in a certain way. And another way, of course, I know I do because loneliness can creep in there. But um, it, this, this really shocked me because it was like, you, you actually need people dramatically, you know, you, you need them to shape who you're becoming. And um, so it's been a, a really good thing for me to, to accept. I remember the first time I, and even since then, many times since then, the song that Barbara Streisand sang, People Who Need People Are the Luckiest People in the World. Yeah. The first time I heard that, I thought it sounded dysfunctional. And even to this <laughs> day, I, I still think to an extent it sounds dysfunctional. But yeah. if I look at it from the Abrahamic point of view, now it no longer sounds dysfunctional. In fact, it sounds quite functional. It sounds like, yeah, from that perspective, I do need other people. I don't need them in an, oh, God, I can't live without you kind of thing. It's more like I need people because I need fresh perspectives. And mm -hmm. those fresh perspectives are useful to me in terms of building the better me. So in that sense, I definitely need people. And that does make me one of the luckiest people in the world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I always think of the James Taylor song, Shower the People You Love With Love, Show Them the Way oh, That yeah. You Feel. Right. Things yep. are going to work out fine if you only will. If you only and, will, uh, yeah. And that's there's there's really something to be said for, I mean, a lot to be said for the amount of love we give and the amount of love that we take in. I love the way James James Taylor says the word "will" too. If if you only wheel, because he wants to make it sound like feel. <laughs> oh, I didn't remember that. <laughs> oh yeah, that always stuck in my head. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, let's read a little more here. Okay. Um, many people assume that only pleasing relationships have value, but that is not the case. Your awareness of an unwanted situation evokes from you a clear vibrational request for something different. And so even those uncomfortable interactions with others form the vibrational basis of your expansion. People often believe that the value of interacting with others is mostly about combining talents and actions in order to accomplish the things that need to be done in a society. But your interactions with one another is much more important than that. You are helping one another define the attributes of your individual and collective expansion. In other words, even the briefest of encounters with another person is actually contributing to your expansion as an eternal being. It is our desire to help you return to your natural appreciation of the others with whom you're sharing your planet so that you can fully enjoy every encounter with others, no matter how brief, or regardless of whether you agree with them or not. The others with whom you share your planet are of tremendous value to you, even when you want different things, and your Earth environment is large enough to accommodate all of the variety of interests, beliefs, and desires. I, I like that one part, 
It's the part that most of us will tend to skip over mentally. But I like that one part, that they're, they're essential, to, essential to us even if we don't agree with them. Yeah. And trying, they spend tr- trying to learn school. that, try, trying to learn how to feel excited and happy about meeting somebody and hearing from somebody who disagrees with you. That is the ultimate art. Because when we get to the point where we can do that, we truly are all powerful. Yeah, it, it is amazing. And, and the, you know, this section on relationships is, it's, I've divided it into three sections because they have, they have 16 points that they make during the meditation. And so I divided it into roughly, you know, five, five points I'm going to cover each time and one time cover six. And this entire first section is about that. It's mm. about, um, re- about being able to appreciate others, even if you don't agree with them. Mm. And I thought, wow, that's, that sort of like addresses the entire huge amount of things going on in politics and about oh, yeah. the environment oh, and yeah. about every issue that's out there. Absolutely. If people could learn how to appreciate others exactly where they are and let them be, that's what Abraham is saying, that all kinds of things could work out. But it's so hard for us to do that in so many instances because I mean, I'm sure that this flies in the face of so many people would just get up on a soapbox and argue that, no, if this guy doesn't agree with me, he's causing a problem that that his position or her position is undermining my stability and the stability of my family and my community by the position they're taking. And that's you know? so incorrect. That's one thing that the, the teachings, particularly of Abraham, where the law of attraction is concerned clearly states that the only thing that you can attract into your life is the stuff that you attract into your life. No one can attract stuff into your life for you, which means that if somebody else is, in your view, wrong thinking and creating the wrong stuff in your life, that doesn't bring it into your life. Right. It's you focusing on... It's your focus that does it. Yeah. Yeah. But I have friends, you know, and and I was once definitely uh, and still am sort of confused by this, this whole topic because... If, for example, if the the um, these maverick gas natural gas companies want to bring fracking into my county and put in, they, you know, they propose like ten thousand fracking wells, which will be taking over all the open space and the beauty throughout the whole county. Will be there'll be these great big giant fracking pads where they're going down into the earth and cracking open the earth in order to release natural gas, and it's like. Tons of people believe this is destroying the air, destroying the water, destroying the habitat for animals. And so for me to say, well, I'm just going to let those people do whatever they want to do because they, they're they just following what they want to do. And and I just want to let them have their opinions and let them have their beliefs and let them have their way, you know. But, you know, it's well, like... Well, that's all, there's actually two things that go on here. One is that we certainly cannot attract for somebody else. And so in that sense, then yes, we, need, we do need to learn to just let people be who they're going to be. However, that does not in any way mean that we have to forego attracting what we want for ourselves. I mean, yeah. from my perspective, the people who are so anti-fracking, they're barking up the wrong tree, not because um, of the fact that they want to have their open spaces, but because they're focusing on the negative of the fracking. If they looked at it in, just in terms of, I want to maintain my open space because that's what I want, that's for me, it would be an entirely different energy. 
The energy they have going right now is the fracking is terrible. These oil companies are destroying the landscape. They're killing the animals. They're doing all these terrible things. And of course, when they do that, all they can do is attract more of it because that's how the law of attraction works. Whereas if they turn the whole thing around and said, I love open spaces. I want open spaces. I thrive in open spaces. I love being part of the landscape. I love being part of nature. I like, I like interacting with the animals. I like interacting with the trees and the vegetation. I love being out there and doing all that stuff. I want to retain that. I want to keep that going. It's an entirely different energy. and has entirely different kinds of things that they're attracting. It's the focus that's throwing them off. There's nothing wrong with what they're wanting. What they're wanting is fine. It's the way that they're focusing that's throwing them off. Yeah. I guess it's like, at what point do you get in somebody's face, you know, or not ever? You know, like if 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 you have a, a psychopath, for example, in your life, you know, someone who has one of the borderline personality disorders, you know, they're bipolar or something in there, and they're causing extreme difficulty in your life. Um, do you at some point, you know, tell them very clearly that they cannot any longer act out in a certain way in your in your world? Um, you know, I mean, there's a I, I want everybody to be free to be who they are, you know, and I want, you know, like Abraham is saying in this whole first section that, um, you know, it, the living of our life is enhanced by there being this big smorgasbord of possibilities of all these different variety of people that there are out there and all the opinions and perspectives make our life that much more wonderful. And anyway, so it seems like there's a point at which you, I can't let certain people be in my world in the way that they're acting out. You know, it's sort of like, that's the whole question about some people in politics. Some would say, you know, have that problem with Donald Trump, you know, like, so how much do we let him act out his agenda um, without, you know, then being resistant to him or saying to him, you cannot, sir, do what you want to do because it is too harmful to our our world, you know, to other people. Um, I, I think there are two factors going on there, and I think it's important to distinguish between them. On the one hand, there's the factor of how long do we allow you to continue to destroy our world? That's the simplified version, perhaps the oversimplified version. On the other hand, there is the how long will I continue to focus on the, the behaviors that I don't like? Right. They're really not the same thing. The allowing part has more to do with what are you allowing into your own life, Right. That's really what allowing really is. Allowing is what do you accept and stop resisting coming into your own life. And you get to pick. We all get to pick what we're going to allow into our lives. So literally, we can choose to focus only on allowing in stuff that we want to allow in. Is that what we normally do with a Donald Trump? No, actually, it's not. What we normally do with a Donald Trump is focus on what we don't want to allow in. And when we mm -hmm. focus on what we don't want to allow in, guess what? We allow it in because that's the way it works. What you focus on is what you allow. The only way to resist it is literally to change your mind. <laughs> you have to change your mind to something else because now you're not resisting allowing Donald Trump in if you're, if you're just focusing on how much you don't like what Donald Trump is doing. 
You know, so, so you have to start from there, I think. You have to start from the idea that the more, the more that I focus on I don't like what Donald Trump is doing is the more that you're encouraging more of what Donald Trump is doing. Okay. Like for me, I, don't, I personally don't like Trump at all. I, I, I can't stand Trump. But I don't focus on Trump. I don't pay any attention to him. The limited amount of attention that I pay is to Mueller. I want to know what Mueller is up to because I know that if Mueller continues his track, this is basically going to lead to the destruction of Donald Trump as president. So I'm, I am supportive of Mueller because Mueller is tracking down whether there was an actual crime going, going on. And I think there are probably quite a few of them. Mm-hmm. I give no attention at all to what Trump is saying. When I hear that Trump reacted to, you know, I, the, the big discussion is Trump going to fire Mueller. And you know what my reaction is? I don't care about that discussion. I don't care about that one at all. I pay no attention to it at all. What I pay attention to is Mueller found some other connection to a Russian oligarch. Oh, progress is being made. This is good stuff. I like that. Mm-hmm. That's where I put my attention. Yeah. And, and I agree. Um, I think what I do a lot is I take my attention completely off of the things that I don't want to vibrate with. So I, if I see anything going on in government that I don't approve of or I think is doesn't feel good to me, I don't focus on it at all. And I end up not watching the news much at all or reading the paper much at all because I don't really want to know about the next, you know, you know, destructive thing that's happened or so-called destructive thing and, and all the negative aspects of the arguments that people are making on both sides of the issue, because it's, it's not the vibration I want to be part of the same as I don't want to be part of the fracking situation. So I don't, I just don't get involved in it. Exactly. I used, I used to get very involved in those things, but it was mm-hmm. hard for me not to be emotionally um, distraught by things that I thought were really devastating. So I've decided that if my vibration is connected to what I would rather see and experience in life, the kind of society I would like to see and experience, the kind of environment I'd like to see and experience, and I focus on those things that I'm doing the best I can do in the situation because I'm focused on the vibration of the good that I want to see come about. Um, but it's, it gets a little bit. Well, that's the challenge. It's challenge. The challenge learning. is, can, can you focus on what you want or can you, or are you going to spend your time focusing on what you don't want? That's really it right, right there. Right. 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 And that's true and of how, any relationship. How, how can I be the most helpful if it's, if it's a matter of being, you know, like a, an agent of change or an agent of, um, benefit to the earth to, and to others and to myself, how can I do that in the most helpful way, you know, in the most effective way? And my mind says, well, be in the vibration that, that of, of the love and of the beauty and of the transformation you want to be a part of, you know, be a part of that and be vibrating with that. You'll, and you'll probably do more to help the situation than anything else you could do. Very true. And in fact, um, when, when we're talking about this stuff, we're talking about what it is that we're getting from the people that we meet. Because that's one of the things that you outlined early on, that everybody that comes into our lives has some sort of impact on us. And we need that in terms of our own contribution to the expansion of all that is. Well, one of the ways that we do that is by having, say, a Donald Trump. And we don't have to like Donald Trump. But the point is, by having a Donald Trump, we now have one more opportunity to to select either prefer or don't prefer, and that we're all we're, many of us are selecting don't prefer. Some people are, are selecting prefer; they like the Donald Trump, 
but mm -hmm. others of us don't like it. So some get to say, yep, I prefer. Others are saying, nope, I don't prefer. And that's why Donald Trump is useful to all of us. It, yeah. he, he's contributing to giving us one more opportunity to select, I prefer this, I don't prefer that. And through mm -hmm. that preference, we help define for the universe what it is that we want to attract into our lives. Yes. So there's more, there's more of the vibration of what, of what I want by knowing what I don't want. And let's read a little bit more of this and okay. see. If, I think it just sort of confirms what we're saying. But yeah. let's see. We are, we are not speaking only about the variety of choices that you have regarding lifestyles, but also choices regarding behaviors, emotional responses, personality characteristics, attitudes, moods, reactions to situations. You are surrounded by varieties and options from which you are creating the expanded version of you. There are many situations, attitudes, lifestyles, even food choices that you do not want to participate with. Through the living of your life, you have identified many wanted and unwanted aspects. And it's important to remember that none of those unwanted things can jump into your experience because there is no assertiveness in your attraction-based universe. That's an interesting one. Yeah, that's a good, that's a phrase worth repeating. Say that one again. <laughs> you've, in, you've identified many wanted and unwanted aspects, but it's important to remember that none of those unwanted things can jump into your experience because there is no assertiveness in your attraction-based universe. That's really important. That's the key right there. Because mm -hmm. that idea that... It, it, we say it, we, I said it before, and we've said it before a number of different ways. I said it before by saying you can't attract for somebody else. Well, that w if you could attract for somebody else, that would be what they're calling assertiveness. But you can't. Right. You, you can't attract for somebody else. As much as you might even want to, you can't attract for somebody else. The most you can ever do, you can influence them in the sense that by holding them into a you know into an ideal positive light, you can in a sense share some energy that they can use if they are also trying to do the same thing. But you can't make them want the same thing. That no. you cannot do. That's not possible at all. And they're also saying that, that if, if there's negative things that those people are bringing into your, um, supposedly into your world, then in a way you're saying they're asserting their unwanted thing into your world. Into right. You, that's that's the other that way with it. Yeah. There, it. That it can't happen. No, it that, can't. It can't. That that's, because the it's either you're attracting it or you're not. And, and that, go on to that say, is a hard lesson right there. Because yeah. the obvious thing to say is, yeah, well, you know, if if person does X and it's destructive and they do it around me, then I'm affected by it. How can you possibly say they haven't brought it into my world? Yeah. And my answer is they may be trying to bring it into your world, but the only way that it can ever enter your world is if you choose to let it in. If you choose not to let it in, the universe will wrap itself all the way around that it needs to in a way to make sure that you don't get the impact. The yeah. only way that impact can happen is if you let it in. Yeah, it's a it's a big, it's a heavy-duty one for, I think, a lot of people, it seems like. It certainly is still something that I wrestle with to some degree, you know. Um, I, I know that in a my past marriage, I, you know, my wife's ex-husband was very difficult for all of us to deal with. Mm. And I think especially for me, because of what seemed to be his very threatening nature. And, you know, I could recount many instances which seemed extremely threatening that ended up involving the police and guns and all kinds of things because it was felt so threatening. Sure. But 
when I look back at it, it was a lot about my fear of him. You know, that I, I believed that he could harm me and I expected that he wanted to harm me. And so therefore I protected myself against his advances. And I think that a lot of it, when I, I look back on it, and even, and even then, I, the realizations that I kept coming to was, how much is this my fear, my paranoia of him, and how much is it his actual actions? Mm, very good um, question. And so if I really look at it completely with the eyes of law of attraction, it couldn't have been any other way other than if I was going through it, I was creating that. I was the one creating my extreme reaction to him, which then made the whole situation more extreme. Um, now, and, it certainly is a lot harder when you're in the midst of a, something like that to maintain that perspective. I mean, reality feels very, very real when we're in the middle of it, particularly if it's something that on some level feels unchangeable. Then it really feels real. <laughs> it feels so real that it's almost unbelievably real. Um, yeah. But that's when also you have to recognize that okay, maybe your perspective isn't strong enough yet. Maybe you haven't learned enough and you haven't developed yourself enough. You're still working on it, but you haven't gotten there where you can maintain that perspective and just know with confidence that he really can't touch you without your permission and you're not giving permission. Okay, well, there are other things you can do. As long as you're trying to stay in vibrational alignment, that's what the uh, the segment intending is about, right? As long as you're staying in the happiest place you can find at any given moment as you're ready to do the next thing, then after you've gotten yourself into that, into that alignment, well, you can do things like calling the police and saying, I'm feeling threatened by this person. Or, you know, moving away, taking steps of some kind to, you know, basically create space between you and this other person who's giving you this hard time. So that you can create a breathing space for yourself. You can create the ability to handle the immensity of what seems so real. As long as we're staying in that place of being the highest vibration we can find at that moment in time, then we're maximizing our ability to only let in what we want to let in and to not let in what we, what we don't want to let in. And in the process, we're also creating distance. We're creating space. Ultimately, what we're hoping for, what we're aiming for, what we're trying to learn to do is to get that person and their imaginations out of our minds entirely and to not vibrate and resonate with it on any level. Because when we get to that space, and I know this sounds weird, when we get to that space, that person disappears. They go away. They just can't be part of your life because their vibration is so different from yours, they can't even interact anymore. And, and that yeah. sounds so strange, but it's true. And I, and I believe it. And, and, you know, I could also, you know, ask the question, which people have asked me before as a law of attraction coach, they say, so are you telling me that the little children in Syria who are getting bombed are attracting that? And if they would just not, you know, if they could get their minds off being bombed, that they wouldn't be killed. And I'd be, I'd be like, well, um, well, <laughs> my, my action, my reaction is as hard as it is to swallow. Yeah, that actually is true. Now, I feel tremendously for those kids because, heck, I'm a 60 going on 61 year old adult and I'm still trying to learn how to do this. 
I'm still trying to learn to get myself into that ideal frame of mind, and I'm getting closer and closer to it. I really don't expect that the, that the seven-year-old has learned how to get there, particularly if he lives in an environment where the fear is ever-present, and all the adults are, are transmitting this fear, and they're saying, oh, we got to take all these steps because we're so afraid. And so the entire cultural environment is about being afraid of these things going on. If I am asking that seven-year-old and expecting that seven-year-old to say, I have the presence of mind to not buy into this, my God, I don't know of any seven-year-olds who can do that. So uh, I don't is, even is, know is, is too this, many 40-year-olds. I don't know either. Yeah, exactly. In Syria, you know, um, but the thing is, is that it reminds me of the thing that Abraham said, if there are certain things that simply have developed a momentum about them. And if you're, um, you know, jump out of an airplane and realize you forgot your parachute, you know, there's just a certain momentum there that this, that it's going to have a certain outcome. It just is, you know? And so in a way, that's what some situations become in spite of, you know, you could, you could say, well, if everybody vibrated with something different, the war in Syria would end and it would, but you know, once a momentum has been established, then sometimes those things play themselves out and then you get a fresh start after that. That's true. That's true. Whether you're still in your body or not, you know, you used to get a fresh start. And um, so, but beyond the fresh start, there's also the fact that this is probably where the the biggest friction happens. And I don't think most people think of it this way, but I believe this is where it actually happens. Most people think, well, you have to deal with the reality. If you're not dealing with the reality, your head's in the sand, and and this whole LOA concept is a bunch of bull as a result, and blah, 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 blah. So, therefore, we've got to start fighting against this war. In fact, we've got to start fighting the war, and we've got to start defeating the insurgents, or we've got to defeat the government, or whatever it is we have to defeat in order to stop this war from happening. And then we'll, we'll be basically fighting the war that will end all wars. They fought that. They fought that one a hundred years ago, and it didn't oh, work. I bet you that war has been fought a lot more than just World War One and World War Two, and uh, I bet it was fought throughout centuries and centuries of. Uh, At some point, you have to come to the conclusion that fighting a war never ends a war, and never right. ends I mean, future wars. What, you have to come to the realization that what you vibrate with, you will attract more of it. You will life. attract more of it. So maybe the first place to start is not to get all upset about the kid who attracted all this stuff, although that certainly is upsetting. But maybe that's not the place to start. Maybe the place to start is with how am I thinking about the war? How am I thinking about the battle? How am I thinking about the issue? How am I thinking about the controversy? Maybe that's the place to start because when you start there – now you're going to get yourself into a better place where you can help that seven-year-old. You can't mm-hmm. help him from a place of going to war. No, and you can't help them from a place of arguing about whether law of attraction works or not. You know, it's like you, if if law of attraction works in my life, and I've seen it work in the lives of many people, then I believe that there is such a thing as what you focus on and what you vibrate with is causing the things that are happening in my life and in others' lives. And so it's a, it's a paradigm shift in the way the world thinks about, about how change takes place that, that we're sort of part of that paradigm shift. That's what LOA today podcast is about. Right. Communicating the principles of the law of attraction, which will therefore actually help more and more people ideally see and help us see that the world is actually originating from a vibrational place rather than from a push and pull place from a place of resistance. 
you know, because if we think that you just resisting, like you said, is going to be the war that ends all war. If we're going to push so hard against Donald Trump that we'll finally get rid of him, there's a lot of people that believe that. You know, you push hard enough against the Berlin Wall, it comes down. You push hard enough against apartheid, it goes away. You push hard enough for civil rights, and civil rights will come about. You know, and slavery will end. That's you, the you know what. You know what's wall. interesting about all three of those examples you just gave. You gave three what? excellent examples there: the wall, the wall in Berlin. Uh, apartheid and civil rights and the perception that you outlined is exactly what many people perceive that it was forcing the wall that basically forced the wall to come down it was Mm -hmm. forcing apartheid that basically ended apartheid it was forcing civil rights that basically created civil rights and i maintain that all three of those statements are false statements Mm -hmm. because if you actually look at what happened the wall came down when people stopped resisting the wall came down when people stopped getting all worked up about it. And all of a sudden, one day, we got this newscast that said they're tearing down the wall in Berlin. People had basically given up at that point. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you weren't alive at that time, I don't know how I can convey this to you, but at that time, people had given up. The vast majority of people had just stopped trying. And when they stopped trying, the wall came down. Same thing happened in South Africa with apartheid. Apartheid didn't fall apart until the energy of all the people who were trying so hard to struggle to tear it down finally burned itself out. And when it finally burned itself out, all of a sudden apartheid fell apart. And the same thing is true in civil rights. Heck, civil rights still aren't even here, according to the civil rights activists. And yet they're claiming that forcing civil rights actually created civil rights. Well, you can't have it both ways. Folks, it either has been achieved or it hasn't. And if it hasn't been achieved, then ask yourself why. And if it has been achieved, then try to remember when it actually did happen. Because I think you'll find every time it was when people just said, enough, I'm done. Mm -hmm. That's a good one to explore. Uh, I like the fact that um, the law of attraction definitely was in effect in all of those situations. And it's 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 taking place right now in our political situation in this country that that what people are vibrating with is affecting the way things are unfolding. That's true. And one thing that Abraham said when Trump got in office, they said, this is the best thing that ever happened to your country. (laughs) Ironically, it's true, (laughs) because now it's going to cause so many people to take a stand for what they want rather than what they don't want. It'll be so clear what they don't want that they'll take a stand for what they do want. And I say that to all my friends and relatives, whenever this topic comes up, I say, well, what do you, what do you want to have happen? Like you used to ask that question of your libertarian friends, what do you want to have happen? And that's the tough one for people. It is just such a habit to push against what we don't want and then wonder why situations get worse and they spiral down and things seem more difficult. And, you know, it's like one negative thing after another. And you wonder what would happen if the, if the greater majority of people or even a a minority were focusing on what's the society we really want to see come about. Let's focus entirely on that. Well, we're, yeah. go, we're going to have to wait till uh, next Monday to find out because we've completely used up all the time. But Tom, it's been a pleasure, oh, and I hope okay. you have a, I hope you have a great weekend. And uh, <laughs> and uh, we'll, I, I, there's nothing else to say except we'll see you all next time here on LOA today. <laughs> Goodbye, everybody. Bye-bye.